guys. Welcome to the latest episode of this unbelievable life. I have a very, very long time friend, guest Jerry Riley with me. And for those of you who went to St. John's, um, you will aka know her as Gabe's mom and that's who she will forever be for me. And we love her to pieces. So, so glad to have her on. Just a short bio. She did grow up in LaPorte, Indiana, small town girl, just like me, uh, married a local, raised kids. She attended IU and Bethel College and graduated with an organizational leadership BS from Southeastern University in Florida. She's presently getting her MA in psychology at IWU in Marion, Indiana. She's been a stylist and a salon owner, a public speaker, a pastor's wife, and a ministries coordinator. She has ordained and ministered to and counseled many demographics, including addiction recovery groups and women's ministries. We love her big heart for sure. She has worked in public service, teaching life skills and supervising foster kids in parent visitation, which I can't even begin to tell you guys how important that is, and coordinating volunteers. She is SAMHSA certified, specializing in trauma-informed care, and she's presently writing Four Keys to Life, a book that will help you unlock your personal growth. Jerry, take it away. Hi, how are you, Nikki? It's been such a long time, and it's so good to see you. Um, thank you for having me on. I love the title, Unbelievable Life. My life has been a little bit unbelievable. Um, one time when I was living in Bradenton, Florida, I had a lady um, just come up to me and go, who are you? Because she found out I was doing yet an, a different job from the one that she was used to seeing me do. Um, so I guess, uh, I guess what I would say about having an unbelievable life is that you really have to be flexible, open to change, open to learning. Um, and um, I learned recently that I do have some Irish ancestry, just like my grandma and my dad always said. I didn't know for sure. But a friend of mine sent in or sent me one of those um, ancestry.com packets, and I am a little bit Irish. So this is my first St. Patrick's Day where I actually know for sure that I am kind of Irish. So, <laughs> so. Um, but before my dad passed away a couple of years ago, he he got me some four-leaf clover earrings and a necklace, and so I especially wear them this time of the year. And when you said that the title of your um, podcast and everything is unbelievable life. Um, I do a talk that talks about what you should be. And, um, and I don't like the word should. I like the word could, um, because it's more of a possibility word than a you better do this word. And I do better with um, open endedness, you know, um, I've never been one to follow rules <laughs> that well. And if you knew my son Gabe, um, he attempted, he, he does a really good job of of honing himself in and following the rules. <laughs> but it's kind of in our blood to be adventuresome because um, my grandfather and my both my grandfather's families came from the Canary Islands to Cuba um, at the turn of the last century. And then my dad was born in Cuba. And then as you probably know, my family came to the United States in 1961, uh, fleeing Castro's you know, communist revolution down there. Um, so I became an American in 1972, and I had to learn how to be an American. Most people take it for granted because they're born here. <laughs> but I was kind of lucky enough to land in Laporte, Indiana. You can't get a more American city than that. My dad had studied in Tennessee, so he had a lot of um, connection with the American culture. So even when I was little, he'd play movies for me like um, 
High Society with Frank Sinatra and um, Grace Kelly. And uh, we went to see all the Disney movies, you know. So I knew a little bit of English when I came to America. But at first, you know, they'd tell me, eat, eat. They wanted me to eat a peanut butter sandwich. I had never seen the likes of one before and I didn't know what it was. So, but when they were saying eat, eat, I thought they were saying it, it because the I in Spanish is eat, right? So it, it was just really hard. And I think that early experience of just coming to a new, just a new culture really, um, away from all our family in Cuba, because some of them came before we did and some came later, um, it, it kind of forces you. And I mean, that is the American story. How many of us don't have ancestors from somewhere else, you know? Um, so that's why this country is so magnificent because it's a land of possibility and coulds. And um, it's, like, it's like an open plane. You know, if you think about the pilgrims and um, everybody going out west you know, and these carriages, not knowing exactly what they were going to run into. It's always been an open plane, you know, and it's an open plane kind of psychologically and sociologically, you know, because you don't know who you're going to meet. When my dad moved back to Florida from Indiana in like 1982, um, he was working for the schools and he found out that there were 152 people groups. That's people from 152 countries living in Miami. And of course, those people don't stay there. They migrate north. You know, they end up in all over the United States, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, everywhere. Um, so there are people from everywhere, everywhere. And they've been coming for 500 years. <laughs> so it, what an exciting place and what an exciting time to grow up in America. Um, so my, my little, my thoughts um, where I use the word be on the first two are... Um, be learning, always be learning. Um, there is no end to what you can know and you're never too old to learn more. I actually, um, I dropped out of college to get married in the seventies and I turned around and went back to college in my fifties and graduated summa cum laude because I totally believe that the more experience you have before you go back to college, the better. Uh, it's that much easier for you. And then, um, I just recently decided to get my master's and I'm almost 70. <laughs> I mean, not almost, but I'll be there soon. So, um, and my dad was like that too. He, you know, he was a lawyer in Cuba. Later in life, he became a Spanish teacher. And then um, he decided to get his master's in psychology. So, um, so there's been a, a love for learning and a love for trying to understand the like human nature um, and different cultures in my family always, you know. So um, as a second generation immigrants, my children um, kind of straddle their culture. They, they're Americans, but they're also Spanish and Cuban and all the other things, Portuguese, whatever else is in there. Um, they're not second or third generation Americans. So they've had to adjust a lot and learn how to be in, you know, Northern Indiana, even though they were born there, because at home they were somewhere on the Iberian Peninsula or in the Caribbean, you know what I mean? So all of that, um, I am certain that someone who's always been here, who's, you know, if, if your family has been here for two or three generations, 
you're so blessed because you don't have to make all those adjustments. There should be nothing holding you back. But let's be real. Um, life is such a, it's, it's, an, it's an experience of surprises. Like that's the best way I know how to put it. You can plan, and I have been able to achieve a lot of the things that I wanted to and a lot of the things that I planned. But oh my goodness, you can get blindsided by so many things during life, <laughs> as you know, like um, illness, you know, and um, deaths of parents too early and um, deaths of your own children sometimes. Um, I mean, there's just so much that can happen that can not only steal your sanity, steal your composure, steal your finances, but also steal your drive to succeed and your drive to, um, to keep going. I mean, why do we have this big problem with depression and anxiety in our country? And it's because people have been hit with so much and so much is expected of them to succeed in our society now um, that people kind of give up. So I feel like if I look at my life and oh, I, I'm not even gonna name them, but all the obstacles and left hooks that have been thrown my way um, and how my faith has gotten me through and how a foundation of parents who would not give up helped me to just keep going and just keep learning. You know, that is so important. Not like for us to pass on to the next generation, the most important thing is keep learning, keep learning. doesn't matter if you have 55 degrees, if you didn't really learn anything, you know, um, you've got to inhale that stuff. You got to make it a part of you. Right. Um, and then the other thing is be yourself. Um, we're watching commercials a lot, you know, even on the web, you know, everybody's telling us how we should look, how we should talk, how we should be, um, how to, you know, how to be accepted, how to be the cool guy, how to, you know, all the things <laughs> that you would think would end at middle school, you know, but no, they, they follow you into high school, they follow you into college, they follow you into the job world. Everybody's always trying to please somebody, right? And that's okay. You want to prove to people that you're responsible. Um, you, you want them to trust you, you know, that, um, that you're not abusing privilege, that you're not abusing um, the lack of privilege, because a lot of people kind of sit down and enjoy just feeling sorry for themselves and help, you know, help me, help me, help me, and don't get out of that. Um, they become ill sometimes because they stay there too long. Um, but maybe part of that is because they weren't allowed to be themselves. And so important to find out who you really are early on. It's sad that people find out who they are by the time they're seven years old, psychologically. I mean, like they, their character is developed by then. And, um, but I don't believe that you necessarily stay there because I was a little Cuban princess. You know, we went to the club, my dad played tennis, we played in the pool. I, my, my mom never did housework. I had a chauffeur that drove me to my little private school in my little Rory Gilmore skirt, you know, and um, all of a sudden I was in the United States and I was a persona non grata immigrant kid. You know what I mean? Nobody knew who we were. Um, they didn't know what my parents were. They didn't know they were both like had PhDs in their careers or anything. Nobody cared, you know? So I had to early on be me, the person who all that stuff didn't matter. 
none of that mattered. Who are you? Well, I was lucky enough to be loved. Um, I was lucky enough to have parents that really loved me and loved me unconditionally. Um, yeah, my mom flipped out if I got a C on my report card, let's be real. But, uh, but my dad kind of made up for it by just loving on me and showing me how to be a healthy person that could look in the mirror. And even if I messed up, still respect myself because I was learning, learning, uh, being myself and being loved. And ultimately what that did for me, and I mean, I had to like write these thoughts down. Um, I learned from so many sources and I started writing that book, Four Keys to Life, and I'm not done with it yet. My life has been so busy that I literally, I have not had time to finish it. I, I'm like so close, so close <laughs> and I will do it. And, you know, the semester starts pretty soon and I'm at my summer semester and I'm like, ah, I haven't finished the book yet. What am I doing? But I have to do it, you know, um, eventually. But in the meantime, I had this lady who's a publisher help me um, add stories to my book um, because it was just very factual. It was a book that we used, my husband was a pastor, and we used it at our church for new believers and new members to understand what we believed, you know, about Jesus and um, salvation and all that and what it meant to you and how that makes you able to um, self-actualize, you know what were you made for? So it's really, it's a good little book I've ever got it done. But, um, but Marty Bowling Statler was a publisher who um, was helping me for a while. And I saw on her profile recently, and I'm telling you, this is a woman who's had to reinvent herself several times for all the reasons that we all do, you know, um, just things that happen in your life. Um, she was adopted, her stepdad died, um, her career took twists and turns. Um, I read this on her profile today. I said, Marty, can I use that? And um, she said, the man who raised me died unexpectedly on April 19th of 2019. As I write this, I'm thinking about him and I'm crying. Um, my dad died in 2021, so I understand. Um, grief is, and she says a B-I-T-C-H, but that's Marty. Uh, I'm not sure it ever goes away. But because of his death, I look at life differently and started two businesses in the months that followed. She did not allow that grief, you know, to suck her in and take the life out of her. Um, and, and then she also, you know, as she's reinventing herself, she's learning new things. She's being herself. She's hanging on tight to who she is. She's loving herself. She's taking care of herself. Um, I, I have another quote from somebody named David McClever who said, the modern condition is mostly trying to do things on your own that people have historically achieved with a large support network and wondering why we're tired all the time. Something that I think brilliant people do is build community, whether it be at work and you figure out a way to be friends with some of the people you work with, um, even the ones that aren't very friendly, I, I, I challenge myself. The ones that are mean are the ones that I'm the nicest to. <laughs> not just because I'm not trying to manipulate them. I want to show them the love of God, you know, because I figure they need it or they wouldn't be so mean. So, but eventually some of these people didn't like you or that you didn't like because you like yourself and because your parents taught you to like yourself. And I, that's an admonition to parents. Please teach your kids to like themselves. Um, they eventually begin to trust you 
And some of them end up being your friends, you know. Um, but we do, we need a support network. We need other people, especially people in our family, if they're available. Um, most people struggle with not being who they think they should be more than with being who they are. Okay. So if you spend your whole life trying to be something that you think everybody else needs you to be, you will not zero in on being who you are, like finding out who you are. And I understand that a lot of people do not have the freedom to financially or the ability to time-wise to just focus on themselves and what they want to be. During those times, I've found that those are the times when I find out the most about myself. Those really hard times when it's like, but I want to be doing this. I would be so much more useful doing this. And guess what? When I'm doing those really hard things, and they're often for other people, and they're often not pretty, that's when my character begins to blossom. And I, I begin to find out what I'm capable of that I didn't know I was. You see what I'm saying? So uh, it's just really important um, to form community with people that allow you <laughs> to be yourself. If you're able to, if you're not able to, and you work somewhere <laughs> where you just have to go there, work, you're exhausted, and then you come home and all you can do is have a quick protein drink and watch Netflix and pass out on your couch. You know what? That's okay too. Don't feel guilty because you're doing your absolute best. You know, um, I'm just, I'm going to tap in right here to something that I just saved. Um, that's so important. <laughs> the reason that I, I wear the four leaf clover on, on, on this day is because of the, Four is a really important number to me because my initial family was four people, my mom, my dad, my sister, and me. And um, four in the Hebrew language, the number four um, stands for a letter that looks like a door. And my family moved to Laporte, Indiana, which means the door. So, um, you know, I love four-leaf clovers for a lot of reasons, you know. And so when I came up with my little B thing, um, I came up with be learning, be you, um, be authentic, like yourself. And then finally, you know, love yourself. Like, don't just like yourself, but love yourself, you know, be in love with that person that your mommy and daddy made or that your mommy and daddy adopted or that was lucky enough to end up somewhere, <laughs> you know, in the United States, especially and love who that person is. Um, I saw one of those, I don't I think they're called Marushka dolls where there's one inside of another, another, another. And a friend of mine, Bethany from my church in Florida, I saw that um, she, on her life, she posted that she's that little tiny Marushka doll when she was little. And then she's the other one when she was in grade school and the other one high school, the other one college. And then she became a mom and she goes, but I'm this big Marushka doll now, but all those little Marushka dolls or whatever they're called, are still in there, you know, though I'm still that person, but that person's gone through a lot of changes. But if you're kind to that little child inside of you and you remember 
you know, how much that little child has learned throughout your life. Um, you will love that little child and that little child will translate to your children, to the children that you teach, to the children that if you're a social worker, you teach skills to, or you do visitation with their parents while they're in prison. Um, it's not just your own kids that you minister to in society. It's other people's kids too. Um, my neighbor's kids, they come over all the time to play with my husky, you know, and they open up to me. They tell me, you know, oh, my grades aren't that good this semester. And they tell me why, you know, and stuff like that. And because I was brought up loving myself, even if she doesn't feel loved, I can show her that she's lovable. And that's my goal in life. I want people to know that they are so valuable. When I took microbiology, when I went back to college and I saw a cell and what is going on in there, what's going on in all those little things inside a cell, I was in wonderment. I was like, oh my goodness, like we are so special. You know, we're not just looking at skin here. This is a universe in your arm, you know? It's so magnificent. It's hard to even like grasp. Um, fall in love with that, you know, fall in love with it. You really were obviously created. Um, if you want to call it by the universe, fine. I think somebody created the universe, but, but you are such a magnificent specimen, even when you're ill, because your body tries to heal itself. Um, so you feed yourself well, you take good care of yourself. My dad was playing tennis in his eighties, you know, um, when illness comes, do your best and pray. Um, and if it's not your time to go, you'll be healed, you know? Um, and when it is, you'll be at peace. You'll be so glad you did the things that were you, you know, <laughs> that were genuinely, authentically, the things that made you happy, which hopefully and often do end up being your career. I had a first career as a hairdresser and cosmetologist and, or, and cosmetics technician for like Estee Lauder. I worked for them and I worked for Lancome. I enjoyed so much um, helping women feel pretty because women want to feel pretty and it made them feel so good and it gave them confidence. Sometimes, some guys too, like they love bronzer and stuff. Some guys like mascara. I mean, you know, whatever. Whatever makes you feel like you're able to, you know, walk out the door feeling good about yourself. I don't care. As long as you're not doing it just to impress other people. Um, so I, I, I feel like I, I like to not only make people look pretty, I also like to make them feel pretty and also like to make them aware of the fact that they're so special. And that's, that's what fuels me, but that might not be what fuels you. Whatever fuels you, whether you love to work on cars or you like to sell houses or you wanna make sure people have the right insurance, you know, or you know, whatever it takes, starting businesses, working at a co coffee shop. These people here are having such a good time. Whatever it is, if you enjoy it, you know, throw yourself into it. Be a worker that is that, that feels approved by himself and by God. Um, and that looks responsible to the world. I feel like we were each given a little bit of responsibility because we are so blessed to have life that we are responsible, not just for ourselves, but for other people too. And they need it. Um, they need community. There are people on the outskirts that never feel included. 
And, um, and I, I learned from my husband that those are the most important people, the ones that are out there that they're like ignored or just not seen because we're so busy. Uh, I make an effort to go after them and cats because <laughs> I love cats. <laughs> um, I, I would live in a pet store, you know, but um, yeah, I, try to find that part of you. That's what I tell myself. Try to find that part of you that gains life from giving away life. Um, so, you know, be learning, be yourself, be liked. Um, it, it feels good to be liked, but you have to like yourself first and be loved. And you will be, you know, because people will see that in you. Will some people be jealous because you got it together? A lot, <laughs> a lot. And that doesn't matter. You just keep loving them. And eventually they might love themselves too, you know? Um, you can't fix everybody. You can't even always fix yourself. You just keep going. And, uh, and that's what these four little things stand for. Just, you know, they remind me. It's not really a rosary, but it kind of reminds me. You know, it's like a prayer. Keep being who your parents may do, who God may do, who you've become. And don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Uh, easier said than done is something you work on every day. Um, but, uh, and you know, the more you love people, the more you love your life, uh, the happier you'll be, I guarantee you. So that's, that's really all that's that like sums up my daily mantra. <laughs> well, you know, A, we can't wait for that book to come out. So I'm okay. sure you'll keep us posted and I can forward all that information. But Thanks. what an uplifting message. And yes, we are beautifully made and we are infinitely loved. And I want people to remember that. I mean, I, I try to love unconditionally as best I can. And I think that that is one of the most important messages, not only unconditionally love yourself, always work on yourself, but, but don't be yourself up over the littlest of things, but it, but unconditionally love those around you because, you know, we were talking about the marginalized people, you know, that they need our love too. And, and that is such a tremendous message. So, um, you know, you definitely lead an unbelievable life. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom and your stories. And if anybody has any questions or wants to find you for, you know, an additional talk or anything, uh, they can reach out to me and I can connect you. And I just want to thank everyone for listening and wish everybody a blessed and wonderful St. Patrick's day. Thank you, Nikki. <laughs>